Welcome to the Money Shot Sports Podcast. Bowl Mania season is upon us, folks. Nate and I are going to go over some big matchups to watch for in the coming weeks in college football. Coach Prime to Colorado. What does this mean for college football and the Pac-12 Conference? Folks, your week 14 NFL guide and schedule for today. The playoff push is alive. Which teams are going to make it and which teams aren't going to make it? It's all coming up next here on the Money Shot Sports Podcast. Nader. Peter. Good morning, bro. Good morning, brother. How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm ready to get my left back tire fixed today and then just relax. Getting the left back tire. What happened? You have flat, just flat tire? I, or? I, uh, I went to Ken's yesterday and – I like looked and my back tire was just flat and I was like, what the hell? And then I was like, oh, I hit a, I think I hit a nail. So my dad's got to go put some air in it. And then I'm going to rush to Wally World and I have a warranty on it. So they'll change it for like 10 bucks or something and give me a new one. Gotcha, gotcha. That's unfortunate, man. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully all goes well with that. I know that's, uh, um, you know, something that, it, it, it's unexpected, but it's expected sometimes. So, uh, yes, sir. But hopefully everything goes well. We're going to get started here. He's Nathan Sheridan. I'm Deontay Pete. You guys are listening to the Money Shot Sports Podcast. And it's another Saturday here in December. We're one more weekend closer to Christmas and another weekend closer to 2023. So, hope everyone had a great week. And I know. For some, summer, you know, college football playoffs, college basketball, NFL, it's all it's all taking a turn and it's all happening so fast. So we're gonna get you guys caught up today on what to watch for. And uh quickly, Nate, as we as we dive into college football here, just briefly, um I, I know the talk this week not only has it been the the the, the Heisman candidate uh the Heisman candidate race, but you know the the Heisman winner is going to be crowned tonight. Um, so be sure to watch out for that. It's going to be C.J. Stroud from Ohio State quarterback. Caleb Williams, quarterback from USC. Max Dugan, quarterback of of of, um, of TCU. And I think there's one other player out there who I'm not mentioning um, that's going to be getting recognized. And one of these guys are going to take that trophy home. So as we continue to talk – about Nate Coach Prime, Prime Time, and it's been the talk of the week, and we've seen it all over social media, and everyone's everyone's excited for, especially the the University of Colorado Boulder, um, the the Buffaloes. They're 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 very excited to have a a new coach and 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 a change of culture within that locker room. A, a, you talk about a Colorado team that hasn't had a winning season, and and probably about. Uh, four years so you you got to go that go back that long to to say when was the last time this buffalo's team made a made a uh, a bowl game or had it had a winning season was ranked so now as we as we talk about coach prime and you know a uh, long time defensive back in the nfl played baseball won two super bowl titles a very well-rounded guy who got the head coaching job at Jackson State three years ago 
and has only uh, they lost lost five games in his whole tenure there at at Jackson Jackson State and has won the SWAT conference last couple of years in a row. So, Nate, walk me through how do you think Coach Prime? I mean, other than you know, there's there's a lot of and we'll we'll get to the whole transfer portal stuff here in just a little bit, but. How how would you think Coach Prime changes the culture within Colorado moving forward? Well, Pete, you know, Coach Prime is a big name. As you said, he won two Super Bowls, and he's just a big name, and he's got that swag to him. And he brought that down to Jackson State and the HBCU, and he dominated for two years, and he changed the culture. And he got eyes put on Jackson State when Jackson State was probably as bad as Colorado is, but they were in the HBCU. But I think that he's going to change it, change the culture there in Colorado too. I like the signing. I know there's a lot of people who are against it because he just, in their words, he abandoned Jackson State. What do you want from him? He got offered a place in – D1 to go up and coach. And I don't blame him for that. I mean, Coach Prime, as I've already seen, there's so many people willing to go there. He got his son to go with him from Jackson State. He's got the number one guy from last year for the nation. He's transferring from Jackson State to Colorado. And I saw, and I know me and you both talked about this, Pete, the meeting where he was like, if you're not here to work your ass off, then there's the door. Like, go to the transfer portal because we're here to win. We're not here to make TikToks. We're not here to play on your phone and act like, oh, well, I'm D1. I'm better than you. I think he's really going to bring that culture up to Colorado, and I think a lot of players see him as a hard worker, and they're going to want to come play for him, which is awesome because, as you said, Colorado, I think they were 1 in, like, 11 or 1 in 10. And they were not good. And what do you want? And Coach Prime, I think he's going to get a lot of recruits to go there. He's got more money in Colorado. They're going to pay him. They're going to pay the recruits. I'm excited for it, Pete. I love Dion. I loved what he did in Jackson State. I know there's a lot of arguments going on down there with Jackson State going after him saying that he's a traitor and his last game they're playing a song saying goodbye and mocking him, which I I guess I can't really say much about it, but he brought you two championships and he changed the culture. And now you're just saying, yeah, bye, you suck, you left us. But I love it, Pete. I love Coach Prime. I love what he's doing. And I'm excited for him, man. I think he's going to change the culture in Colorado. Yeah, Nate, you bring up a good point because you know you begin to talk about what you know the 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 culture that he brought to Jackson State. I mean, Jackson State in 2019 had a four and eight record, and they were they were bottom fifth of the SWAC conference. So you you figure Coach Prime comes in there the COVID year. Yeah, they went four and three, and they, you know the his first season. Obviously, you you still you're still adjusting to the new style of college football coaching. 2021, you go back to that season, they they win the SWAC championship, and they they end up losing they end up losing the Celebration Bowl in a bowl game. So the 
the quick turnaround that they had from 2019 or 2018, 2019, the 2020, 2021, and even this past year, um, how they they're able to win the SWAC championship game. Uh, they're playing in the celebration bowl against uh, North Carolina Central. So I, I think the biggest thing is, Nate, you talk about you talk about Jackson State and kind of their their identity. And I, I actually heard people talking about how in Jackson State they don't have the best they don't have the best of facilities for football. And it's you figure it's right. Jackson State is in a very small area um it's in jackson mississippi which isn't uh densely populated um so you you're you're on the south southwest part of that state and you know there's a lot of people in that like you mentioned HB, hbcu and people are still criticizing criticizing coach prime for for leaving and coach prime said in one of his meetings that in this business you either get moved up or they let you go so he brings up a good point because obviously there's reasons why a team, there's reasons why a school will get rid of you even if you're a good coach. I mean, you saw the downfall of Urban Meyer with Ohio State. There's more reasons to why he left Ohio State due to the fact that he was dealing with other his health issues and whatnot. So, I I I think that the move for Coach Prime um, brings a lot of confidence to Colorado. Um, I think he's a, a a great coach, and I think that you know the 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 whole deal going on with the transfer portal and everything. You're gonna see you're, you're gonna see so much in the next in the next few days, and and then in the coming years of 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 kids who are hurt who are trying to find a true identity within themselves to play college football. And I think I think Coach Prime said that I'm bringing my own luggage with me, and that's Louie. and he made it clear that. He said, "We're we're we're changing this culture." He said, "No," he said, "We're all gonna look alike. We're all gonna wear wear no hats, no earrings. We're not gonna look like you know. We're not gonna look like civilians. We're gonna look like an actual team. We're gonna represent the University of Colorado." He said, "No cell phones. I wish you would bring a cell phone to me." That's that's one of my uh, my favorite parts about his speech. But you know, there, I, I'm I'm happy for Coach Prime. I think this is a good good next step for him. I think the Pac-12. You figure, you know, you UCLA and, and, and USC are going to be leaving so in, in 2024. So you wonder what that realignment is going to look like. But assuming that Coach Prime is able to bring Shadir Sanders and, and his his luggage with him, and you're going to you're going to see a lot of people who are going to want to come play for Coach Prime and, and and get the example, get the better example of 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 what's it like playing for a coach who's 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 willing to who's who's will, willing to succeed. So, um. As we move along here, Nate and I, I and I mentioned the 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 college the transfer portal. So, Nate, this this transfer portal has probably been a a very interesting portal this year. I think they said there were over eleven hundred players who enter the transfer portal. So, um, Nate, as we begin to talk about this as a whole and I I look at some of these players I see that like Alabama has like six guys including like some uh some big time uh offensive linemen and a couple skill guys are leaving and I heard that DJ you a guy Ellie from Clemson has entered the transfer portal there's there's the quarterback uh I think there's the 
there's a quarterback from if I can remember. Michigan. K McNamara. He's K McNamara who's going to play at Iowa this next year. So K McNamara who lost the starting job due to um, I think Coach Coach Harbaugh had more confidence with JJ uh, McCarthy. There's a, there sounds like there's a reason why, and you talk about guys like JT Daniels who who played for West Virginia this past year and previously played for he previously played for um, uh, uh, Georgia in the past. So he's he's a guy who's this is going to be his fourth team. So Nate, I. I'm kind of in awe here because you know so many young talented athletes, and I I'm not sure if it's just because of of coaching. Maybe they're not getting a whole lot of PT. Like I know DJ Uigaeli from Clemson got benched in the ACC championship game, and he's he's not been a great quarterback, but he's 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 had his up and downs. And you talk about you know what was there more to it than just then just Dabo Sweeney said, "Hey, we're we're, we're going to sit you down. We don't think your we don't think your performance is, is getting us anywhere." You talk about Dylan Johnson from Mississippi State and what he said about Mike Leach, saying that Mike Leach doesn't think he was strong enough, so he's he's transferring. He's he's in the transfer portal. You see a bunch of these young quarterbacks too, man. It's like it, it's so much is happening, and it's almost as if like you're taking these these powerhouse. These these powerhouse teams are losing are losing talent, and we said JT Daniels played at West Virginia. He started his career at at USC, then played for the Bulldogs, and and like I said, it's 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 just it's crazy. It's crazy to see how these players can go from one school to another to another, and and still think that they can have success. So, I. I think truly, Nate. Like, I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled because there's so much talent here that's, that's on, that's on the move. And I get it. When you're at the Division One level, you're playing at a high Division One level. Um, you like, especially teams like Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, LSU, teams that have. I mean, these rosters are deep with these Power Five D1 schools. So I mean, you go down to like a F- FCS school, right? You were we're gonna throw out an example, like North Dakota State, for example, who has who has a track record for winning national championships in the FCS level, and 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 has produced good athletes who are in the NFL. So, I, where the roster isn't a whole deeper, you don't have as many boosters. The sponsors are not. I mean, FCS and FBS are two different levels. Nate, why do you think these players are transferring? Like I, I like I said, I'm I'm trying to get a better glimpse of it, but I, I just don't think I can get a grasp. I, I'm just I'm in awe right now. Well, Pete, I think that players are starting to realize that, you know, before like I think it's starting to be noticed a lot more. Like you said, there's a lot of players doing it this year, and I can understand asking the question, but I feel like they've already been doing it. But Coach Prime, you know, everybody transferring from, like, going into the portal, like what he said in that interview, just jump into the portal. 
I think that's when it started to get realized. And then out all these names are just starting to pop up and pop up. Like it's finally starting to get noticed. And I think players are starting to realize that, like you said, Alabama, you don't have to go to Alabama to, to succeed and make it, make it to the NFL. Like people are jumping to these big schools because they want to start and be a superstar and have be a first round pick, but they're having to sit for two to three years, like at quarterback or possibly at receiver or something. Like they got to be a redshirt freshman. <clears throat> My bad. But every time I look at it, I think these players are just realizing their worth. They're like, okay. Either they're moving closer to home. <coughs> Gosh, dang, my bad. Uh, I don't know, man. I think it's a good move for a lot of them. And I think they think that some players probably think they're better than what they are. And if they're benched, like you said about DJ from Clemson, it, he got benched. So he probably thinks, well, I, I deserve better. So he's going to go somewhere else, which is fine. I get trying to find a second chance. I think loyalty is something that is rare nowadays. So, like, the younger generation aren't as loyal to their teams. Like, you know, in the NBA, now you see players jumping team to team to team to team. Back when, like, the thousands and the early 2010s when we were watching Pete, they players would stay. Even in the NFL, players would stay with their team. It was very rare for them to just jump, jump. But now – these players are like, oh, I'm not going to start. Okay, bet. I'm just going to go jump team to team to team. And maybe they and maybe they get a starting spot, and that's good for them. They deserve that. If they work their ass off and they want to earn it, fine, then go there. But don't think just because you're transferring that you're going to start. You still have to outwork those players that have been there and are possibly still there to beat them out for those spots. They aren't going to guarantee you a starting spot. And – the transfer portal is interesting. I think – I don't know, man. I think this is a bad thing in my opinion. I think having a few transfers fine, but now that everyone's doing it, I feel like it's just going to keep happening. And it, those like 1,100, that number is going to spike up. It's going to keep happening and keep happening and keep happening. But, Pete, I mean, I don't know. I think this is interesting and what's going to happen. We'll have to wait and see, but – yeah, man, I, I don't like the transfer portal as much. I think loyalty is something that I like, and I think that these kids are just trying to find a starting spot to get to the NFL and take a shortcut and not work, do the work. But that's just me, Pete. I don't know. Well, Nate, you bring up a good point because, like, once once Coach Prime – I think this all really happened when Coach Prime left because Coach Prime is going to make a huge impact on college football, more than we even know. Now, I'm not saying that none of these other coaches have made a huge impact, but you, you, you take what Coach Prime has done. He's not, he's not just a coach. He's, he's almost like a father figure to these, to, these, to these young athletes. So he wants, he wants to make sure that these guys are prepared for the future, prepared for life. He's not like – I mean, we, we've dealt with it. And, I'm, and I, I go back to our high school days when we played, when we played football and – Obviously, the, the culture up into our our senior year was different, and we finally had a spark lit a spark lit in our in our in our team in our culture, and we got a new head coach who was who was who was de destined to make us better. 
and he didn't he wasn't like he was he was being hard on us or anything like that but that's he he want, he was trying to make us in the, the young young men that we were at the time to prepare us for the future so Absolutely. so i mean you, you look at Shadir Sanders he's he's going DJ like I said DJ you guy I'm talking I'm bringing up some of these big names and Spencer Sanders from from Oklahoma State quarterback he's gone uh Graham Mertz quarterback from 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 uh from Wisconsin he's gone so Drew Payne from from Notre Dame he's gone Kate I mean, the biggest one's Kate McNamara so Mac, like I said McNamara who didn't really have much of a chance at at Michigan he started started uh, uh most of last year and all of last year and he him and him and J, JJ McCarthy split time so it's it's going to be interesting to see Connor Connor Blazak the IU Indian University quarterback he's he's transferring so you like it's it's all over here and it's like I said, it's going to be interesting to see it's going to be interesting to see moving forward on how how it's going to play out so We'll keep you guys updated on that and what to watch for. And if there's any more news about Transfer Portal, we'll be sure to bring it up in the podcast. But the biggest ones out there, uh, Keaton's uh, Slovis, quarterback from, from Pitt, he's transferring as well. So a lot of big names out there, most names that we know of. But we're going to keep moving forward here. So – Excuse me, Nate. We talk about college football still, and bowl season starts next week. And we're not we're not going to go through all the bowl games, but you know you got bowl games to watch next Friday, next Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. I mean, all all up until the week of of, of New Year's, and then of course you have your college football playoff bowl, uh, playoff games. The fourth rank Ohio State versus number one Georgia, fifth rank Alabama versus uh, ninth rank Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl, and then of course you got the other college football playoff bowl, uh, bowl game uh, in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl. It's the third rank TCU versus second rank Michigan. So, Nate, I I know we can't really talk about this too much because the games aren't until the end of the month, but I mean, can I mean I, Ohio State has seem to be like they're they can be a Cinderella team, Nate. And I I do recall in 2014, Ohio State was the Ohio State was on the outside looking in and the, when they still had the actually this was this was the first year they actually introduced the college football playoff. And because back then it was the BCS. So so Ohio State made it in as a four seed over TCU in twenty fourteen. And they were able to take down Oregon. They they beat Oregon in the national championship game, and they and they they did the they did the unthink the unthinkable. So, Nate, we can sit here and, and talk about the long season that Ohio State had leading up to the Michigan game, and kind of how the the unsuspected how they made it in conversation happened because. Everyone's thinking USC was would have stayed there. Everyone's thinking, okay, USC had USC lost to the same team twice. But as we have talked about, no no two lost team has ever made the college football playoff yet. So we're still waiting for that to happen. Maybe 
I, I know that they're expanding the playoffs, and you you you're probably going to see something like that in the coming years. You're gonna you're gonna see a two or three loss team make the college football playoff when it when it, when it goes to the twelve team format. Now, I also think that as we still talk about the how the 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 rankings went, I also thought Alabama had a chance to make it in because you know we talked about Alabama. Their only two losses come to. Um, LSU and they and they lost to Tennessee, who were two ranked opponents. So, I I wouldn't say I, I think the committee the committee really liked the committee really favored Ohio State because of that win that they had against Notre Dame at the beginning of the season and against Penn State. So, I I think honestly, it, it's gonna I I think Georgia and coach Coach Ryan Day has said. We're gonna play loose, and we're gonna go after our opponent. We're gonna we're gonna be aggressive because you saw in the mission game they were too loose. I mean, they weren't aggressive at all in that second half. I mean, it's like I was like, man, what happened? Like this is this is crazy. But Nate, I, I, I you look at the matchup: Ohio State versus Georgia. Stetson Bennett, who's been who's been the, the quarterback for probably six years now the guy's 25 years old and he's throwing touchdown passes to 18 year olds so 18 19 year old 18 19, 20 year olds so you you have to look at kirby smart and what he's been able to do he's got a track record for national championships they've been able to knock off alabama and, and they've been a talk of the sec over the last few years you look at ryan day and his track record he's got he's got one college football uh playoff win and he's got he also has a a he he went to the national championship game in 2020 when they got completely demolished by by Alabama. So Nate, are 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 you a fan of of Ohio State making it into that four spot? And what do you think moving forward? Do you think that they actually have a strong chance to to do the impossible? Do you think they can beat Georgia and beat TCU or Michigan? Um, Pete, well, they deserve to get in. Once USC lost, everybody knew Ohio State was going to jump in. My question is, how did TCU lose to Kansas State and not move? Ohio State lost. They dropped. Alabama lost. They dropped. USC lost. They dropped. What? How did they stay at three? I, that's well, the question. Like, so, so here's here here's 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 where I see that. And you know, before we before we get back to that, Nate, I see it as Ohio State. So for for TCU, it, it's different because it's different, right? Because it's not like you had two undefeated teams in the Big Twelve. You had one undefeated team, and that was TCU, right? And then you uh-huh. had you had the ranked opponent in Kansas State. Kansas State was ranked twenty fifth, or no, actually they were ranked fifteenth. I'm sorry. So you got Kansas State, right? So a team that's lost nine or a team that's won nine games, lost three versus a team that's that goes into this game undefeated. So I I I visioned it as okay. The the point margin of victory that Michigan had over Ohio State is the reason why they fell out. Now, for for TCU, I I think they should have moved down. I I think maybe they moved to the fourth spot 
I, I don't think they should have moved out completely, but but man, I mean, you lose in overtime to a, a team that you you should have beaten by at least a couple touchdowns. I mean, Kansas State brought the heat to these guys, and they played all four quarters. They played aggressive, and they and they they contained Max Dugan at will. So, Nate, I I think that it's it's a it's a questionable statement because TCU really hadn't. I mean, I guess TCU has good margin of victory, but. They like the fact that they actually went to their conference championship game and they they went undefeated in conference play. So leading up to leading up to the Kansas State game and the in the in the Big Twelve championship game. So I think it goes hand in hand. I, I think there's a lot of question marks still, a lot of questions still looming about that. But I I think if you if you if you want to identify and 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 kind of dissect it, I you you start you start to question if if that if the college football committee either said, okay, well, cause they have one loss, we're going to throw them in. Ohio state has one loss, but their only, their only margin of loss came to Michigan who went on to win the big 10 championship game and the, the second, second best team in college football. So it, it, I, I get it. It's very questionable. So, but back, back to the statement. I mean, uh, do, do you think that o- Ohio state and we're not going to focus, we're, we're not going to center our focus around just Ohio state, but, a, 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 a possible Cinderella team, Nate, who who is looking to redeem themselves. They haven't won a championship game since 2014. Urban Meyer, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean that 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 was the Buckeyes team, and they've they've been able to have good stretch of winning games, but they they always find ways to the the essentially Nate shoot themselves in the foot later on in the season. They get you you lose on the road at Purdue, you lose on the road at Iowa. You lose at home against Oregon last year. You get beat by Michigan. So I mean, like, it's, it's. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still questioning it myself. But I, I, I still think that this OSU team, CJ Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr. You, you talk about who they have on defense. JT Tuimola, who's made a huge impact. Zach Harrison. Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers, Tanner McAllister. I mean, all these guys you can name who and they have a they have a good group of running backs. Dallin Hayden, who's who's probably going to be transferring to Tennessee is what's the uh, um, is what the conversation is, and Myon Williams and Trayvon Henderson. So Jackson Smith, the Jigba's not playing, of course, but that's that's another thing. Ohio State has a really tough offensive line, and, and CJ Stroud was able to have all the time in the world to throw throw the ball this this past year. So Nate. How aggressive does Ohio State need to be in order for them to, to to play in the national championship game or to to beat Georgia and play in the national championship game? The thing is, Pete, I you say Cinderella team. The Cinderella team is TCU because TCU has played barely really anybody. You know, they played Kansas State and all that, but I'm just saying that's the Cinderella team. Your team deserved to get in, but your marginal loss to Michigan – put you down where you're at. I think you should have been third, but uh, I think for you to beat Georgia, you're going to have to play the hardest you've ever played because Georgia, when they play, they run it. They play hard. They get to the quarterback. Georgia is probably the most perfect team right now. That team is so aggressive, so talented, so well-coached. I think Georgia's going to win it all because Georgia, when they are on it, they dismantled Tennessee with Hayden Hooker. They dismantled 
it was so one lopsided when they're on they're on I don't know I mean you guys can put up a fight but I think that with how good Georgia's playing, I think Georgia's going to put it on you guys. After watching the Michigan game, I think they're going to focus on the run game, which they have a very good run game, and get the ball out of Bennett's hands, even though Bennett is for the Heisman running, which I'm surprised because he only has like 25 touchdowns and 11 picks. But I think Georgia is going to put it on Ohio State. I think – C.J. Stroud's going to have to play his game of his life, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to have to ball out. So your passing game is what's really going to do it, and your defense is going to have to stop the run and get aggressive with them. But I think Georgia is going to win it, and then I think Michigan takes out TCU, and it's going to be a Michigan-Georgia matchup. And that's possibly – the most competitive one I could see in the national championship right now, but I, uh, I think Georgia's winning it all. Cause I, I don't know if even Michigan can stop them. Like Michigan has a run game, but I don't trust their passing game against Georgia. So I don't know, Peter, I, I think Georgia is the front run leader right now. They're if they play completely the game that they play, no one's touching Georgia right now. They're the new Alabama probably now. Nate's thinking Georgia is going to run it all over Ohio State. And quickly, Nate, I mean, it's going to be a short podcast today, but we, uh, it, it, and we'll talk about, let's talk about TCU Michigan and what that game is going to play out next week. But it, I, I, it makes sense. I mean, I, I think, I think you look at the identity of, of SEC football versus Big Ten football. The SEC got, these SEC boys are huge. They're tough. They're physical. These Northern guys, these, these Big Ten, these, these uh these these ACC guys are hybrids. They're quick. I mean, look at Ohio State. I mean, look at Ohio State for example. None of their wide receivers. I mean, their wide receivers are tall. They're quick, but none of them are big. You don't. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is like six six two six two six three two hundred or probably like maybe maybe just under two hundred pounds. So they're the Ohio, and that's that's what gives Ohio State the advantage. Ohio State's always had a good track record of having. Beefy running backs too. Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams. Um, they had um, J.K. Dobbins in in the past. They've also had Ezekiel Elliott. So you look at you look at guys like that. Trey Sermon, Carlos Hyde, names you can start you can start bringing it out. But you know Georgia, the Southern teams are very physical, and they and they can they, they'll they'll defeat you when when they can. So Nate, quickly, we turn our attention. To the NFL will be our last topic of today, and week. Week 14, Nate, and playoff races alive. And again, teams outside looking at teams on the inside that have that have secured spots right now for the moment, just trying to get that, just trying to hold the spots, maybe get a, a first round bye or get get better get get better placement. So Nate, we saw early this week that Baker Mayfield was signed was released by the Carolina Panthers. He was traded to the Panthers from the excuse me, he's traded to the Panthers from Cleveland. All the hype was there. Everyone thought that Baker Mayfield was going to light a spark in the Carolina offense. Did not happen. Got benched for Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker. So, gets signed by the Rams. Has two practices, Nate, if that. Goes out, plays the game of his life. He gets a win. He gets a 17-16 win over the Raiders. 
do you think that Baker Mayfield career? Do you think do you think Baker Mayfield's career can can still? Do you think he still have life in his career? Do you think he can still make a turnaround, or do you think it's it's already happened? Uh, I don't honestly, Pete. I I'm on the fence about it. After watching the Panthers, his way with the Panthers, and I know everybody's going to say the Panthers are a lottery team and they're not very talented. I can understand that, but early on he had C Mac. And he has DJ Moore, and he had Robbie Anderson, but Anderson had enough of him and Panthers, so he's in Arizona now. He had talent, and and then he wanted out because he got benched for Darnold and P.J. Walker. So now he's in L.A. with Stafford out for the rest of the year, and they're not very good either. And I get he he had a great run against the Raiders, but people got to understand the Raiders – they're not very good this year. They aren't good. They have Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr's on his way out. Devontae's a stud. They have all these offensive pieces, but their defense is not very talented. Right. So, listen, I, I'm rooting for Baker. I don't want to say it's over. I think he's a quality backup right now because here's the question. Say that he stays with the, uh, the Rams. Who are you taking, Peter? A healthy Matthew Stafford or a healthy Blaker Mayfield? Who are you taking? I, I'm, I'm going to take Matthew Stafford because uh, a healthy Matthew Stafford. Because and that's the thing, Matthew Stafford. The reason why the the Rams are in the position that they are is because one, I mean they they had a really talented offense last year. They had they had Odell Beckham. They had I mean Van Jefferson wasn't hurt. Everything was everything was going in the right direction for this Rams team, and now you got. You got Skoranek, who was an undrafted guy who who's getting time at wide receiver. Van Jefferson just not coming back. Coop, you lose Cooper Cup, which is a big deal. So, I mean, you lose arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league, and then your quarterback's playing. Your quarterback's playing hurt. I understand that. Another conversation that was brought up when I was at work is that Baker Mayfield would be a good quarter, a good backup quarterback for a team that has a a star quarterback. For example, the Green Bay Packers. He, you could see. Baker Mayfield would be a good backup to Aaron Rodgers. Baker Mayfield would probably be a good backup to 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 TB down in down in um that down in Tampa. He would also probably be a good backup with with Joe Burrow and the and the Bengals. So like, I I think that his I I think personally like his his career is is not so much uh, salvageable anymore. I think that the he he couldn't win, and I get that he was playing in the organization that had that was known for losing, but he tried to change the culture. He had one good season and that was the COVID year when they beat Pittsburgh. They won 11 games that year. They beat Pittsburgh in the, in the AFC wildcard game. So everything was going well for him at that time. But I think that right now his, it's just, you're, you're, people are on the fence about because they've only seen one good game out of Baker Mayfield. So we can continue to talk about that later and get, get more insight and uh, moving forward. But, Nate, we talk about our Week 14 schedule quickly, and like I said, teams on the outside looking, teams that are on the inside holding the spot right now, and teams that are dealing with quarterback controversies and injuries. So we're gonna start right now in Pittsburgh tomorrow. It'll be the Pittsburgh Steelers five and seven going up against the eight and four Ravens. Nate, no Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley will get the start. He filled in for Jackson last week. He's dealing with a, a PCL injury, so. 
He's likely to be out at least three weeks. Nate, what does this do for the Ravens in this matchup, and who who comes on out on top? Well, how this ends up for Lamar and the Ravens, this is not going to end well. Their offense was already stifled. They don't have any pieces besides Mark Andrews, their wide receivers. It seems like, sadly, either their medical team or their players are made of glass. They're all out. So what this means is the Ravens are pretty much done unless Lamar's there. And I, I feel bad for Lamar because since he's hurt and, you know, he's chasing that bag, he's trying to get a good contract, and now he's hurt. This is why he was wanting to sit out and people wanted him to. Um, this matchup, if he's out – and Tyler, I'm not taking away from Tyler Huntley. He played very well last year when he came in. He was a quality backup. He was very, very talented, and he shows sparks. But with no receivers, the running backs are also – always either hurt or just signing a new running back every other week. I think that Pittsburgh has the best chance of getting a upset victory here against their rival. I think even though Baltimore defense is off or defense is very good, they, I don't know. I, I think that Pickett needs to start spreading the ball around a little bit more. I think I read that uh, George Pickens, is very irritated that he was only targeted once and he like yelled at the coaches and, and it didn't look good, but he just needs to start spreading it around. I mean, I don't know what happened to Deontay Johnson. I don't understand how he fell off or what he's doing. He's becoming the Allen Robinson of this year. Like he had a solid two, three years and now poof, there he goes. He's off. Now, but you, you talk about, and I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you talk about that game against Atlanta Pittsburgh and George Pickens was frustrated. And Coach Tomlin said, we want that. We want that type of mentality. We want a guy who's want to be competitive and physical. And Deontay Johnson, who signed a two-year, $34 million extension over the offseason, you think that the money has kind of gotten to his head a little bit because his production – he's got the most receptions on the team but don't have the touchdowns. And I get that comes with not having an a experienced quarterback. But, Nate, I mean – Deontay Johnson, the guy who had uh, over a thousand yards receiving last year and ten touchdowns, you figured that he would continue his production. So, I, I think I think Pittsburgh moving forward, I, I think as you know, draft talks start going around, they're they're probably gonna that's probably gonna be what they go for as a wide receiver. I think that they've had a track record of drafting wide receivers in the draft. Chase Claypool a couple years ago. George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, in 2018. So, they, I, I think that, I, I think there's still, I, I think that Pittsburgh, and in this matchup with with the Ravens, I think if if Pittsburgh continues to play, they have two two consecutive wins. This is the most wins that this is the most that they've had all season long. The culture's changing. The run game's getting better. They're scoring more points. Nate defense looks a lot better than what they did back in the first eight, nine weeks of the season. So, I mean, I, I think as long as they're able to get after Tyler Huntley, knowing that he's going to be a similar style quarterback to Lamar Jackson, I think Pittsburgh wins his matchup playing at home. Yeah, Pete, I agree with that. Uh, this game is pretty much just, I don't know. 
it's a team rebuilding versus a team that's broken and trying to fight for the playoffs with an offense that's just broken. So I, I have nothing much to say except I hope Lamar gets back. I know he's a rival, but I feel that if he doesn't come back, he's not going to get money and he's going to become an Indianapolis Colt next year. So uh, we'll see what happens. Nate, rapid fire. Rapid fire here the next few games on the schedule. Nate, real quick, quickly, AFC East matchup, the 7-5 and five Jets in the 9-3 and three Bills. Who are you taking? Jets. Nate's taking the Jets. Mike White will still be the quarterback there. And they've been able to win games. They lost, they lost a close one last week against the Minnesota Vikings down with – they're down by five with with time time to spare. Nate AFC North matchup: the Red Hot Bengals eight and four against the Deshaun Watson return five and seven Browns. Bengals. Nate's taking the Bengals and Joe Burrow coming off that big upset win last week against the Chiefs, the second time they beat them. Nate, the Red Hot Dallas Cowboys coming off that big win last Sunday night over the Colts. Or are you taking the one in ten and one Houston Texans? Cowboys all the way. You know, you know, no upset prediction there. Oh no, that ain't even close. <laughs> Nate, uh, NFC North matchup. You got two good teams: the ten and two Vikings and the five and seven Lions. The Lions that we talked about a potential a, a potentialized team that is is starting to show their identity. Obviously, it's too late right now, but. A good matchup. They're playing. They're playing at home at one o'clock. So it's a one o'clock game for 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 these guys. So Nate, Vikings, Lions, Vikings. All right, Nate's taking the Vikings in that matchup. AFC South matchup. Nate, the Tennessee Titans just fired their GM this week. Are they going to get back on track and get a win here against Jacksonville? Jacksonville wins. Nate's taking Jacksonville in an upset. The 11-1 Eagles going up against the Giants, who tied last week against the Commanders. Nate, AFC or NFC East matchup. Eagles. And Nate's taking the Red Hot Eagles. Broncos country, let's ride against Pat Mahomes and the, the upset loss last week to Cincinnati Chiefs. Chiefs blow them out. Nate's taking a blowout by the Chiefs. Nate. A Jimmy Garoppolo lists 49ers team versus a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Brock Purdy, Niners. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy did good really well last week in that in that fill-in spot victory over the over the Dolphins. Nate, the Seahawks and the Panthers. Oh, Seahawks, easy. Nate's taking the Seahawks at 425 tomorrow. Your Sunday night football game, Nate, it'll be the it'll be Justin Herbert and the Chargers against Tua Tuga Viola and the Dolphins. Who are you taking? Tua and the Dolphins. Nate's taking Tua and the Dolphins. Monday night football, Nate, last one be the New England Patriots 66 against the four and eight Cardinals. Patriots. Nate's taking the Nate's prime with the Patriots in this one. So Nate, we're out of time today. Next week we'll we'll cover more. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about college football. We'll talk a little bit more about the 
the NFL playoff race and a chance to win more Pacers tickets. So, Nate. Yes, sir. Have a good day, man. And we you too, buddy. Thank you all for listening to today's podcast. We'll see you guys next weekend. Have a good one. See ya. We would like to thank everyone for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to like us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram for more news and updates. We'll see you guys back here next weekend on the Money Shot Sports Podcast.